Hi everyone. I am Dr. Janani Srinivasan, Senior Resident, Vitturatna Services, Shankranetralaya. I welcome you all to the 34th episode of Snippets. Today I am here to share with you an interesting story about the evolution of scleral fixated intraocular lenses, SFIOLs in short. What is so interesting about it? Well, each and every aspect of SFIOL surgery, be it the method of fixation or the elements used for fixation or the IOL design, all have continuously evolved. Hence, the story of SFIOL surgery is an example of practical translation of heights of human imagination. It's indeed my pleasure to take you through this journey and I hope you enjoy it. A well-centered IOL within an intact posterior capsule which is adequately supported by zonules that is in the back IOL placement is what makes every surgeon happy at the end of his or her cataract surgery as this maximizes the chances of optimal surgical and refractive outcomes. However, there are situations where it is impossible to have the luxury of in the back IOL placement, such as following trauma, complicated cataract surgery, and in conditions where there is inherent zonular weakness, to mention a few Marfan syndrome, homocystinuria, and pseudo exfoliation. What are the options we have? Based on the presence of capsular or iris support, we might consider circus placed IOL or anterior chamber IOLs or iris fixated IOLs which have their own set of complications. In the absence of capsular or iris support, most often seen following trauma, we are left with the only option of SFIOLs. Before going to the story of SFIOLs, I would like to discuss the three important considerations in SFIOL surgery for better understanding of the subsequent discussion. First, are the haptics remaining within the eye? or they are being externalized. Second, is the fixation is going to be using sutures or in a sutureless manner. Third, is the surgeon using a single piece IOL or a three piece IOL. Interestingly, the combination choose themselves. We'll see how. If the haptics has to remain within the eye, they have to be fixed with sutures and more often than not, a single piece IOL would be used. On the other hand, if the haptics are being externalized, sutureless fixation of a three-piece IOL is usually done. First, let us hear about the suture technique and then about the recent sutureless technique. When did it all start? It started in 1986 when Malbrin and colleagues were credited with the first published description of sutured SFIOLs using 10-0 proline. Every step of the surgery, like the process of introducing the suture loop inside the eye, tying it to the haptic after IOL insertion, and the process of externalization of the suture, all were cumbersome, involving large corneal incisions or open sky approach, and also had many complications. Some of you must be wondering why the sutures are tied to the haptic. Yes, you heard it right. IOLs in those days did not have eyelids and hence the sutures need to be tight to the haptic and this means that 
Not slippage and lens dislocation were also common those days. So the surgeons were left with a difficult technique and they kept on working to make it little easier. Then came our Lewis in 1991 who popularized the concept of ap externo suture passes by adducting a straight needle on a tensoroprolene suture into a 28 gauge needle 180 degrees away. He also introduced the concept of scleral flaps to cover the suture knots. Even this technique suffered criticism due to need for neighboring scleral sutures to anchor the scleral entry sutures. Since Lewis 1991 paper, many surgeons have experimented the techniques such as transillumination and endoscopic placement of ab internal sutures to facilitate placement of the sutures in the ciliary sulcus and avoid injury to nearby ocular structures while few have advocated for positioning of iols in the pars planar it never gained popularity among many surgeons though the suture technique became little easier the knot slippage from the haptics and lens dislocation made the surgeons unhappy some of them collaborated with iol manufacturing companies and came up with newer iols with eyelets to avoid knot slippage the most popular lenses were alcon cz70bd and boshenlam acuros ao60 surgeons were quite happy with the suture technique using tensoroprolin as the technique got refined iol design improved and the outcomes were also reasonably good however 10 to 15 years later they started encountering some of these patients with iol dislocation due to tensoroprolin suture breakage these patients needed refixation of sutures which was much more difficult than the primary fixation this made the surgeons to look for alternate thicker sutures the surgeons were satisfied with 90 prolin and 70 gotex especially in children due to the presumed enhanced durability of these sutures the problem of suture breakage is addressed fine but then few patients presented with infection due to knot erosion following suture sfiol surgery irrespective of the suture used that was something serious and surgeons came up with multiple options to take care of the knots in 2006 hoffman introduced the idea of creating scleral pockets that do not require a conjunctival peritomy but still allow for adequate coverage of the suture knots another approach to help prevent suture erosion is to bury the knot in the sclera though this can be difficult with short suture passes and thicker sutures such as 90 prolin and 70 gotex in 2010 surman et al came up with an idea to avoid tying knots altogether and run the end of the externalized 10 prolin suture partial thickness through the sclera in multiple locations in a zigzag pattern popularly known as the z suture despite the above mentioned improvisations in the suture technique the rate of complications ranged from 10 to 54% which include 
post operative lens dislocation lens tilt supracoroidal or vitreous hemorrhage retinal detachment and endophthalmitis this prompted many surgeons to think is there a way to get rid of the sutures this thought erupted as a breakthrough innovation in the history of sfoil surgery the sutureless technique now we are moving on to the sutureless technique in 2007 gaba et al were credited with the first description of the sutureless sfoil technique in this diametrically opposite 24 gauge sclerotomies were made 2 mm from the limbus followed by partial thickness scleral tunnels each of the original sclerotomy sites a standard three piece iol is then inserted into the eye and the haptics are externalized through the sclerotomy incisions and fed into the scleral tunnels leaving only a small portion of the haptic exposed between the scleral tunnel and the sclerotomy site since their original description there have been innumerable modifications described by various surgeons for externalization of the haptics the 24 gauge sclerotomies used by gaber produce significant hypertony hence surgeons started using 25 gauge which is a smaller one recently stem at all used 27 gauge sclerotomies to reduce the risk of hypertony then came the glued iol described in 2008 by agarwal and colleagues this involves the creation of two scleral flaps 180 degrees apart sclerotomies and scleral tunnels are made within the flaps and after introduction of the iol into the eye the haptics are externalized through the sclerotomies with forceps and secured within the scleral tunnels made with 26 gauge needle next fibrin glue is applied to the bed of the flap and the outer portion of the scleral flap is folded over the haptic sealing the scleral flap yamane et al in 2014 described a technique wherein they used a 27 gauge needle to create a scleral tunnel at a distance of 1.7 mm from the limbus followed by feeding of the haptic into the 27 gauge needle lumen using microforceps the same process was repeated 180 degrees away and then the 27 gauge needles are simultaneously removed from the eye to allow the haptics to rest in the scleral tunnels in 2017 the same group made a slight modification wherein the end of the haptic is cauterized to form an n bulb flange to fixate in the sclera one disadvantage of the sutureless technique is that in large eyes scleral fixated haptics are on a stretch leading to haptic breakage and lens tilt now we have gone through the evolution of both sutured and sutureless sfoil techniques which one is better do we have an answer Many short-term studies have shown sutureless techniques having good results, but long-term studies with good sample size comparing sutured and sutureless techniques are lacking, and hence conclusion regarding superiority of one technique cannot be drawn at this point of time. To conclude, 
out of the n number of options available for esophageal surgery the technique chosen is based upon the needs of the individual patient as well as the surgeon's comfort and expertise i hope this story stays as a motivation for further innovations in ophthalmology after all passion creates motivation which leads to innovation i would like to thank dr pradeep sushwa for his guidance and support i would like to extend my gratitude to dr meenakshi swaminathan for the opportunity thank you all Thank you.